Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen, history puddle, bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining! Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh... Not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate NFL Week 11 Pick'em Podcast, brought to you by our good friends at Indeed, Bet Online, and Monkey Knife Fight. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined by my brother out in Chicago, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, we got some NBA chaos brewing. Yeah, this league is starting to take off. It's weird to have the offseason going on in the middle of you know the football season. Usually this is the start of the NBA season, but have the NBA draft tonight. And there's been some pretty wild trades that have happened. And obviously the Harden rumors to Brooklyn is it's making it you know entertaining when everyone is stuck inside. Yeah, yeah, we are used to this happening over the summer. It is a bizarre mismatch where, I mean, we're recording now Wednesday night. This coming out tomorrow morning. NBA draft is about to happen. I feel like nobody knows anything about these guys since there was no tournament. Um, I don't know. I mean, so the big splashing headline was the Bucks trade for Drew Holiday. They mortgage a ton of picks in that deal, basically going all in since Giannis can leave after this season what do you think about that deal Tyler 
And I mean, if you're the Bucks, it feel it felt like something they had to do, right? Yeah, I think you have to do it to improve your team. They couldn't they couldn't run it back again for the third straight year with the same exact team after the last two years where when they've flamed out in the playoffs. So I think you had to make the move. I don't understand why they gave up so many picks. It was basically what the Lakers gave up for Anthony Davis uh, as far as picks go. So it seemed like way too much for Drew Holiday, who is a good player, but I don't think he's worth the Anthony Davis haul. But if, it, if that's what it takes to keep Giannis and have a chance of winning the title, I think you have to do it. Um, they also traded for Bogdanovich from the Kings in a sign-in trade, but now it looks like that might not happen. Um, so, so that would be bad for them if they can't get him. But I think you have to do it. It makes them slightly better for next year. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's a move you just kind of have to make. What did you think? Yeah, it had to be done. feels like they're following the same game plan we saw the Cavs take with LeBron, where they're desperately trying to make things happen. I feel like it typically doesn't end well, um, but it had to be done in the Eastern Conference with, with how wide open it is. But, I mean, the thing we have to talk about is James Harden turning down the two-year, hundred-plus million-dollar extension from the Rockets, saying he wants to go to the Nets. There's some rumors about the Sixers as well, his connection to Daryl Morey, the new GM out there. This this would be something that I think, as like a, a casual NBA fan that's all in on the chaos and the drama that is the NBA, honestly, the reality show that is the NBA, I want the I want the Durant Harden Kyrie plotline here in Brooklyn. Like, there's just one. There's no way it works. Um, and the off the court dynamic and the Twitter and social media stuff would be incredible entertainment. I mean, I think they would be good, right? Like, how could that team with those three guys be bad? But it would just be chaos as far as like whose team it is, who's taking the last yeah. shot. It would. It wouldn't be bad. You know, they would win fifty plus games, but. It, I don't know. It feels like it would just be such a volatile environment there. Definitely. I mean, you're not putting together the three. I mean, KD, but Harden and Kyrie have had their weird, you know, personality things. And I mean, KD had the burner Twitter account. He's not exactly the most uh, level-headed guy from for the most part. Nah, I feel like he's a little above that now. But for Harden, like, I've seen like we're not going to trade him unless they get some king's ransom for him and I agree why would why are they in any position to trade him right now he's under contract for 2 years and they've only like put pieces around him to help him succeed and become a better player it's not like a franchise that hasn't spent money or made trades to be a contender they've done that the last few years they traded for uh Chris Paul years ago almost they traded for Westbrook, which he requested. It's like they've they've made an effort to be a winner, so I don't know where this frustration is coming from. It's kind of the new age NBA, I guess. You just want to play with your friends. So I'm all in for the chaos if he does go to Brooklyn and see how that works out. I feel bad for Steve Nash if it does because I don't know how you coach those three guys. Um, but I don't blame Houston also being like, we're not like just giving him away for nothing because they've catered to all his needs. Yeah, especially when the the leverage is zero in the sense that he's like, I want to go to the Nets and maybe the Sixers. So, I mean, they do have the fact that he's under contract for at least two more years. So I, I don't see them moving quickly. I think the Sixers actually could offer more interesting trade package if you can get him bead back plus some kind of picks. But we'll see what happens there. But Tyler, it's the biggest weekend kind of week, right? 
Um, I don't know. Are you more excited for the return of Jersey Shore or IU football versus Ohio State on Saturday? That's tough. Jersey Shore, Jersey days are back, but uh, I would have to say Indiana, Ohio State, slightly uh, hedged, slightly ahead of that. So let's get into it. I mean, the second week now of the IU football minute in 15 seconds. It's the biggest game since we've uh, followed IU or cared at all. The number nine Hoosiers taking on Ohio State in Columbus. 20 and a half point road dogs. A little bit disrespectful. I guess that line is it came down half a point. Um, we're plus 790 on the money line at Bet Online. Over under 66 and a half. Tyler, hold on. Let me grab my... Uh, my phone here for the stopwatch. Um, All right, Tyler, ready when you are. Yeah, so as I said on the Sunday Scares podcast, I actually feel better that Indiana is that big of an underdog rather than if it's like a 10 to 12 point spread. I don't know why, just mentally, I feel better about this. But I do think Indiana has a chance. They've been close to beating Ohio State in the past with worse IU teams and uh, as we've talked about, this is the best Indiana team they've had in years. So I think they do have a chance. The defense has been great this year. They have the nation's highest interception rate. They have the Big Ten's highest sack rate. Opposing quarterbacks have produced a QBR of 26.8 against us so far. So I think we have a chance. Obviously, Justin Fields on a completely different level. The guy has thrown more touchdowns and interceptions this year. So that's that's tough to deal with. Uh, obviously, better than any guy we've played so far. But I think IU has a chance. All I've heard this week is IU, uh, Ohio State secondary isn't as good as last year. Um, so IU can throw on them, which is good. But I also think IU needs to establish a run game. They averaged under three yards per carry last week versus Michigan State. They can't do that again. It doesn't even have to be traditional runs up the middle or anything like that, whether it's like jet sweeps, reverses, you know, screens to the receivers, just something to get the run game going to sustain drives to keep Ohio State off the field. So I feel good about it. Ohio State killed us last year, but Penix didn't play in that game. Also, Ohio State, you know, Chase Young was drafted second. Uh, Jeff Akuda was top five pick also. You know, they've lost seven of their top nine tacklers on the defense, so it's not as good of a defense as last year. So I think we have a shot. And You're the, over. You're over the minute 15, by the way. Big game. Last thing. In a year that's been very tough for everyone, wouldn't it be great to have such an underdog story like IU? Everyone's penciling in Ohio State. Can they beat Alabama? Can they beat Clemson? Wouldn't it be great to have an underdog story like IU upset the Goliath um, in Ohio State? So I think it would be a great story for everyone that everyone could rally around. Yes, it would be a it would be a beautiful thing if it happens. Um, so we will see Saturday, 12, uh, 12 p.m. Eastern tip. Um, so we shall see. Kick. All right, Tyler, it's enough IU football talk. Let's get into this week 11 slate. Quick year-to-date summary on where we're at, just to remind you. Um, so I am 27 and 22 on the season. You're 25 and 24. Um, first game we want to talk about here, Thursday Night Football, Arizona Cardinals visiting the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are minus three. The over-under in this one's a monster, 57 and a half. This is obviously the rematch of the crazy Sunday night game from a couple weeks back that broke my heart. We don't need to remind everyone about that. Arizona coming in off wild Hail Mary win over the Bills last week. They're sitting at six and three. On the season, five and four against the spread. They've been really successful. If you look at the recent results uh, when they've played Seattle, they've covered their last five trips to Seattle, which is just bizarre. And they've won four of the last five times there, which again, 
very odd. They haven't really been good of late, but that's pretty good. Uh, Seattle, they're in a bit of a slump, Tyler. The Russell Wilson MVP hype, it has really hit a speed bump here. Um, they've lost three out of their last four. Uh, they lost last week to the Rams. I don't know who would have taken Seattle last week, but someone maybe. I was on the Rams there. Tyler, what are your thoughts on this Thursday night game? A monster one, finally. We get a good primetime game here. Yeah, this will be this will be a great Thursday night game. I mean, last, I feel like the last few have actually been pretty good. Um, last week was a good one, too. At least going into it didn't end up being that exciting of a game. But, yeah, I don't I don't know what to think in this game. Seattle's looked so terrible the last two weeks, and, of course, I've been on them. The last four weeks, really, Seattle's killed me. The Sunday night game versus the Cardinals, and then, you know, they beat the 49ers, and in the last two weeks they've lost. So I can't get this team right. Um, like you said, three-point spread. Kingsbury as a road underdog is 7-1-2. and two. Against the spread, I think this game is close, but I'm taking Seattle because I think I think the Cardinals are such an obvious pick in this game. They're coming off the win last week. They're hot. Seattle looks dead in the water. Um, the last two weeks, I can't stop anyone. Russell Wilson's come down to earth. Having said all that, that's why I'm taking Seattle. I think they're due to play a good game. They got Carlos Hyde back, which I think actually helps their run game. You know, me and you, I think, are kind of the last Carlos Hyde. Uh, we're on the bandwagon. They yeah, were the what? only two on the Carlos Hyde. You actually get buy one, get one if you want a seat on the Carlos Hyde Alex Smith bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a small one. But last time I looked up the box score last time they played, and Seattle ran for 200 yards in that game. They averaged 6.7 yards per carry. It's pretty unfathomable that they lost that game. They blew it. I think they're going to come into this game pretty pissed off, and they can't afford to lose another division game. And if they lose this game, I mean, they're close to falling out of the playoffs you have couple teams kind of rising up in the NFC. So this is a game they kind of have to get. Um, in the last three games, Arizona's second to last in red zone defense. Um, so if Russ could just, like, calm down, they could get the run game going, not put so much pressure on him, keep their defense off the field. And also the last two games, they've, they've started off terribly. They got in big holes versus Buffalo and uh, the Rams last week. They have to get off to a good start. I think Pete Carroll gets it right this week. So I'm taking the Seahawks minus three. It doesn't feel like the right pick, so that's how you know it is. Yeah, yeah. And it is crazy. Look at the stats for Seattle. Wilson is thrown in their last four games. He's thrown nine touchdowns, seven interceptions. Last two weeks specifically, he's turned the ball over seven times, which say what you will about Russell Wilson. He never he just doesn't do this like this is very bizarre. And I think a reason is he's been pressured pretty aggressively. Uh, he's been sacked 11 times these games versus the Rams and Bills hit 23. I'm with you, though. Um, I think getting Carlos Hyde back is nice. I saw Chris Carson still technically a game-time decision, so there is chance there. Tyler Lockett's banged up, but it sounds like he's playing. Seattle's been good in Thursday night football games of late. They're 7-1-2 and against the spread the last 10. And you kind of dig into this. The games Arizona's won, the Seattle game, and last week versus the Bills, those are like historically like Seahawks-type victories where they absolutely just pull it out of their butt. I think they're coming back to earth here. Um, and if you think about it, right, they probably should have lost both those games. They definitely should have lost Seattle. You went on that Hail Mary. That's absolutely insane. It's not really when you should have. And they lost to the Dolphins two weeks ago, so they easily could have lost three in a row, which I know this is very Monday morning quarterback, but I don't know. I think I think this team is uh, a little bit inflated at six and three, and you look at it, Seattle's more efficient on DVOA as well. 
I think they want revenge from that Sunday night football loss. All those things stacked up on a short week. I think Arizona is going to come in a little bit flat after that win. And everyone is, oh, Kyler MVP is getting a lot of buzz. The way the NFL works, Seattle's going to win this game. Um, so I'm with you. Seattle minus three. The over-under in this one, any thoughts? I kind of like the under. This is a ton of points for a Thursday night game. Yeah, it's so high. Um, I probably wouldn't bet it. I would tend to lean the under also just because Arizona runs the ball really well. They're in for 200 yards last week. They'll probably be able to run pretty well in this game also, so that's going to obviously chew up a lot of clock. Um, but I agree with you. This At some point, Arizona has to come down. They've won a bunch of crazy games already this year. At some point, you're not going to keep winning those games. So I think we're both in agreement. And also, as I've pointed out the last few weeks, Cliff Kingsbury sucks as a coach. He might be a good play caller, but it's like game management, time management. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's gotten bailed out. Pretty uh, boy got, Cliff. I, I think he's lost some of his uh, attractiveness. I think the NFL has aged him. Oh, no. he, sells a, he sells a great house. Great but, house. Um, mm-hmm. Like last week, I pointed out that sequence in the fourth quarter. Like he just gets bailed out by Kyler being great, and it's a great you know chip to have. But at some point, I think that catches up to you. And I just can't see the Cardinals being seven and three and like winning the NFC West. Maybe I have to adjust my thinking. But I think Kingsbury's coaching it just it just has to catch up to them at some point. You can't keep winning games like this. So we're in agreement. Seattle minus three. Let's move on to the next game. We want to talk about a uh, revenge game uh, for the, another revenge game on the docket. Ravens at home versus mm. Titans. Ravens minus six, over-unders 49. We were together last time these teams played, and I think we both profited pretty well off the Titans um, in the playoffs last year. Uh, that was a bizarre game. Tit- uh, the Ravens had pretty great success in that game, moving the ball. They just couldn't really score. Yeah, I, I have the stats here. They outgained the Titans 530 to 300. I checked the box score because I remembered uh, Jordan Griba how depressed he was complaining about all the turnovers and things like that. Ravens had three turnovers in that game. They went 0 for 4 on fourth down. It seemed like they were constantly going for it in the Titans' uh, side of the field. Derrick Henry rushed for 195 yards, and they won 28 to 12. So... I agree. It is definitely a uh, a revenge game. Where where's your head at with this? Yeah, like I kind of want to take the Titans because it feels like a ton of points, and the Ravens look so bad last week. And I saw someone say that the Ravens would be a public play this week. I, I disagree. I feel like the Titans would be, given how um, the Ravens looked last week versus New England, and that killed me on Sunday night. I think that killed everyone who had the Ravens as the last leg of a teaser. Um, but so I've, I think a lot of people are going to be on the Titans. Actually, I look at um, Action Network; they have 65% of the bets on Tennessee, a plus six, plus six and a half. So I actually like the Ravens in this game. I think this is a huge revenge game for them. And the Titans have fallen off the last few weeks, and I think it's a lot to do with Taylor Lewan getting hurt. The offensive line isn't the same. The last three weeks are 26 in the NFL in scoring, only averaging 20.3 points per game. And also, Titans' defense is terrible. Phillip Rivers and the Colts' offense really moved the ball all over them in that game last week. Yes, Tennessee's special teams was terrible and really hurt them, but their defense couldn't stop them. Also, Colts just went for it a bunch on fourth down, and the Titans stopped them. And that's why they didn't score more points in that game. But I felt like the Colts did whatever they want. Um, so the Ravens, they could still run the ball well. They're second in NFL in rushing success rate. They have the sixth most explosive runs. And then conversely, Tennessee's defense is 27th in rushing success rate. 
They give up the 10th most uh, explosive runs. So I think this is a perfect matchup for the Ravens. And last week's game versus New England, it's just a weird game. It's a monsoon in New England. I'm convinced Belichick uh, controls the weather there because it stopped raining like 15 minutes after the game ended. Um, so I, I really like this spot for the Ravens. If they can't come into this game pissed off and blow out the Titans, I don't know when they will. Um, so I'm, I'm laying the points with the Ravens. It feels like a lot, but... I think it's a good bounce back for them. I feel like this line's two and a half points too high. The way the Ravens have looked all season, we haven't really had an, a very impressive game from them, in my opinion. Uh, this Ravens team, though, under Lamar, they haven't lost back-to-back games since last September, so that is notable. Um, and I agree with what you said. I mean, Titans are five and out. They've lost three out of four. I don't think they're anything special, but this game is huge for the AFC wildcard picture. Both these teams sitting at six and three Um, and the Titans defense, it has not been good, but they have done some things. Well, they actually have the number one uh, coverage grade per pro football focus in the league. 72.5. They added Desmond King from the chargers made his debut last week. It sounds like a Dory Jackson, another one of their top cornerbacks may return for this game, uh, which would be big. Um, and you just look at things on the Raven side of the ball, like betting against Lamar as a home favorite has been a profitable trend. You'd be 11 and five, the 16 times he started in that scenario. Um, and the Titans, they just play well in these, in these games where you, where you count them out. Their last seven road games uh, versus teams with winning records are six and one against the spread, which like is a very Titans thing to do. You write them off. They'll probably have some kind since they gave up the two special teams touchdowns last week, they'll come in this time and maybe do something weird and have it go their way. Um, that game versus the Colts totally flipped on the the terrible punt, and then they had the block punt. Gaskowski screwed them. Um, so I don't know. They, had, they have extra rest, time to prep for this game. I think they come in ready to play. I don't love them on the money line, but the six points I think is enough. This feels like a three-point game in my opinion, so I like the Titans. I just yes. think Derrick Henry, I know the Ravens' defense is incredible, but I just think the Titans are going to right the ship a little bit offensively here. Yeah, I mean, it's like we said, the Titans' special teams played terribly, but their defense didn't play well either. It wasn't like the defense was shutting them out or something, and there were some bad special teams plays that flipped the field. Like, they couldn't stop the Colts that entire but game. They they essentially had 14 points out of the the punter. They had the block punt for a touchdown, and the punter punted the ball, like, what, 15 yards, 17 yards? It was essentially an interception in their own uh, end of the field. So I've been saying this all year. The Colts don't run the ball well. Um, and last week, the Colts, two-thirds of their runs versus the Titans were successful. So they had no trouble running on the Titans' defense. I don't know why the Ravens wouldn't. Um, and I think last week, just watching uh, the, the Ravens game, like Lamar just looks so miserable. I don't blame him. The weather there was terrible. I feel like he's just like, I feel like they're going to come into this game very pissed off. And as you said, their defense is still really good. Um, their defense ranks number one in the league in limiting explosive passes. And that's what the Titans offense is a lot of the times, getting these big plays to A.J. Brown, Jonu Smith. They're fifth in rushing success rate. Is it Jonu or Jonu? I call him Jonu. Okay, he's, I think it's Johnny, but okay. Yeah. Um, I just think their defense is going to be able to limit this Tennessee team that I just frankly don't think is as good as their record states. They won a lot of close games early are in the year. So, so do you think the Ravens are better than their record states or worse? 
I think there's a more there's more of a limelight on them because they were so good last year. Lamar won the MVP. Big Truss, Adam Nussbaum, fake fan. Um, <laughs> there's a bigger like spotlight on them, so I think people are more t- prone to be critical of them, which is fair. But look at look at their losses. They lost they lost to the Chiefs, which whatever they got blown out in that game. But I think the Chiefs are the best team in the league. Then they lost to the Steelers, which was a game where they had some bad turnovers, but for the most part, they kind of dominated that game, and then their defense dominated, and then last week was just a weird weather game, so I think, you know, they're 6-3, and three. I don't think they're as good as they were last year, and Lamar's definitely not as good as he was last year, but I still think they can run the ball really well, and this Titans defense can't stop anyone. I saw that stat you mentioned about the secondary. I don't know who who uh, made that stat, because I watched Pro last Football week. Focus. Yeah, but have, that, you heard, have you heard of them? I have, but did they watch the uh, last week versus the Colts? Philip Rivers was thrown all over them, so I don't know how that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. grade your own well, coverage then. Yeah, well, I have uh, some memories <laughs> here. Um, so if Lamar can throw versus any team, it, it should be this team. So I think the Ravens are just due to play a good game. And like I said, there's a uh, revenge on their minds from uh, last year's playoff game. Yeah, yeah. I just think this lines up. I would be very much on the Ravens if the Titans took care of business last week, but they didn't. They got embarrassed on Thursday Night Football, so I think they, they come back, come ready to play here with Vrabel. So we'll see. Um, next this game, game is wanna... last Sorry, thing. This game on. is definitely starting with like the Titans going three and out, and then they're going to punt, and they do a fake punt, and it's like a 50-yard play. and like Just something like that will definitely happen. Correct. That's why I like them plus six. Um, they're they're due for some weirdness. Um, Packers Colts. Before we go to break here, the Colts are one point home favorites. Over unders fifty one. This line opened. Packers were two point favorites. It swung against them, which is interesting. Last week, uh, Jake Luton flirted with uh, beating the Packers as the starting quarterback of the Jags, but the Packers ultimately edged them out. They won twenty four to twenty. And we just spoke about Colts took care of business versus the Titans. They're currently the leaders in the AFC South. Um, I think we both continue to be like, are they really going to go to the playoffs with Phillip Rivers as he currently is? But the defense continues to be rock solid there. They're allowing the third fewest rushing yards per game, only 91.8. And they're ranked in the top 10 of both rushing and passing success rate, Tyler. Well, one of your favorite stats over there. Where's your head at with this one? This 4:25 kickoff. One of your roommates is a Packers fan. You get any any good insights here? Any any weather? No, because it's in a dome. Yeah, it's in a dome, so weather won't matter. I don't know. It feels it feels too obvious to take the Packers in this game with Rodgers as I mean, it's basically a pickup as a slight underdog. And you know, just looking at the quarterbacks, you ride with Rodgers over Rivers. But my hesitation is this kind of defense. The Colts, very physical up front with DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard. Like, these kind of defenses are what give the Packers issues. Last year versus the 49ers, when they played the Chargers last year with Bosa and Melvin Ingram. Like, these kind of teams usually give the Packers issues. So that's my hesitation. Um, so I'll, I'll be interested to see what you say. I also like the under in this game, 51. I think it's pretty high for two teams that are – Packers defense is hit or miss some weeks, but I think they'll play well in this game. And also the Packers, a stat I love throwing out there, pace. Packers are the slowest team in the NFL, so they run the most clock off in between plays. The Colts are 22nd, so I think this is going to be a grinded out kind of game. A little higher scoring than the Colts-Ravens game from a couple weeks ago, but 
similar format where there's some long drives. And as you said, the Colts defense, you're not going to be able to get a lot of big plays on them. And the Packers defense is top 10 in limiting explosive plays as well. So I think this is going to be a grinded out game. So I like the under, but I'm still kind of back and forth on which team I'm uh, riding. So what do you think? Yeah, so it's pretty interesting looking at Rodgers' numbers so far this year. Uh, He's thrown 26 touchdowns, which already matches his total from last year. Um, And they've been really good on on the ground game. Aaron Jones had a monster season last year. They're averaging 4.4 yards a carry. They're ranked ninth in rushing success rate. Um, And you just look at this Packers team. They've recently uh their last 11 games uh versus teams with winning records they're eight and three against the spread if you back out the 49ers right that's a pretty impressive uh a cover rate there um this Colts defense has been impressive I mentioned it top 10 in both rush pass success but they're in the bottom half of the NFL in terms of defensing defensive passing explosiveness so they're giving up some big plays we've seen this season Devontae Adams has had I like the Packers in this one. Again, this line's a little fishy that it's moving towards the Colts. I think uh, the money is seeing what, what you've seen in terms of the Colts' um, physicality up front. But I'm I'm on the Packers. I just think it's too much love for this Colts team that I'm still not convinced is very good. Um, and I'm going to, to stand my ground on that point. Their offensive line has been great. They've only allowed eight sacks this year. I think they've allowed Phillip Rivers to make plays but their rushing game is so poor. I just feel like if the Packers are able to get up early in this one and you make the Colts play from 10, 10 points down, the game's over. Yeah, like you said, the offensive line has played well. Pass protection, Rivers is the least sacked quarterback in the NFL. But as I've stated multiple times, they can't really run the ball. They're only averaging 3.8 yards per carry, 28th in rushing success rate, so... I think a lot of these numbers are pointing to the Packers, but I just go back to those teams they play and how bad they look. You know, earlier in the year versus the Bucks, I think everyone was on the Packers and they just kind of got bullied in that game. Like I could just kind of could see that happening again. Um, I'm going to lean the under as my official pick we go with here, but I think I might end up taking the Packers, just sprinkle a little bit on them. But I like the under as more of the play in this game. Okay, so going for the total. Uh, Let's take a quick break, have a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back previewing Chiefs Raiders. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. 
the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, and we are back. And Anthony Edwards just went number one in the NBA draft. So, congrats uh, to him. Breaking news. Congrats to him and Tom Crean. Um, I don't think they had a winning record last year, so it's pretty typical of Crean. But, but congrats to Anthony Edwards going to Minnesota. Wish him success. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's move on to the next game we want to talk about. Um, there's a lot of COVID concerns around this game. Chiefs, Raiders, Sunday night. Um, Raiders, before they took down the line, were plus seven. I'm not sure what that's going to open up at again. Over-under is 55. Seems like a lot of the guys are going to end up being able to play, except uh, Clellan Farrell. But when you're going up against the Chiefs... I think, I think it's Cleland. <laughs> when you're going up against the Chiefs, coming off a bye, probably not the best team you want to have this issue verse. Um, but I'll be honest, Cody. Before I saw these COVID issues, I was, consi- I was considering making the Raiders my lock of the week. I didn't end up wow. doing it in... Um, obviously these COVID concerns are huge and that impacts a lot if your entire defense can't practice when you're going up against the best quarterback in the league. Um, but previously I liked the Raiders a lot. I don't know what the line's going to open back up at. I assume it's going to be closer to 10 and I, I still think I do like the Raiders. Why? I completely disagree. So everyone's, everyone's hyping this up. It's obviously Chiefs revenge and the Raiders beat them, you know, last time. They took the victory lap, apparently, around Arrowhead after the game. You see mm-hmm. that? Yeah, but I, I think this Raiders team is legitimately good. And I even say they didn't have all these concerns with the guy on the defense. Everything was fine. I think this line would get up. You can dunk uh, Derek Carr. You're off that? He's he's played well this year. Um, mm-hmm. And they've been able to throw the ball deep down the field. In the first matchup, that's how they beat them and got the lead. Deep passes down the field. Um, but what was I going to say? Um, leading up to this game, I think this line would have climbed up anyway, regardless if there were these COVID issues with the Raiders' defense or not. As you know, Simon said uh, when we had him on the podcast, Sunday night games typically the favorite gets a lot of juice, as you know everyone's closing out the week with that team, and the underdogs have value. So I think that's, that's what was happening with the Raiders, and I, I just think the Raiders are a legitimately good football team, and their strengths max, match up well with the Raider or the Chiefs' weaknesses. So the Chiefs are 29th in rush defense. This year, they give up 138 yards per game. The Raiders are seventh. And also, the Raiders play the fifth slowest pace in the league. So that, that suits well for playing against the Chiefs. They, they would be able to run the ball with Josh Jacobs there for 200 yards last week against Denver. In the first matchup, the Raiders had five drives over 70 yards. They outpossessed them 35 to 25. So it wasn't a fluky game. They kind of dominated them. So I really like the Raiders. It's going to be weird. We don't know what's going to happen with their team. But, uh, I think their style of play matches well with the Chiefs, and they'd be able to keep this close. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think the the elements that make me love this, the fact that the Raiders beat the Chiefs already, I, I just don't I don't think the Chiefs want to, I don't know. I just I feel like they're going to come in pretty fired up in this one. I agree, though, that the Raiders 
are a very underrated team at this point. They're six and three, and I feel like no one's really talking about them. They continue to get the job done. They're five and zero against the spread in their last five divisional games. But the whole COVID situation, even if the line ends up climbing up to eight and a half, I think anything under. 10 i still like the chiefs um andy reed in divisional road games as a chiefs head coach he's 17 and 5 against the spread seven and four against the spread when he has extra week to prepare they're off the bye they kind of got embarrassed they did get embarrassed in the second half the last two times these teams played um so i love the chiefs minus seven um and i imagine it'll It'll, assuming that most of those guys end up playing, I imagine this is eight, eight and a half upon kickoff, but it's going to be an issue that they just can't practice uh, for, I believe. So there's six of their guys on the list and they're just going to be on Zoom for the week. Yeah, that's that's definitely not good. Um, and I, I think it gets closer to 10, honestly. But, you know, when I was looking, preparing for the game, I wasn't really looking at their defense anyway is why I like them. So maybe it won't even matter. I mentioned the running attack. The Raiders have the fifth highest percentage of their plays as run plays in the league. So they're going to be grounded, pound in this game, keep the ball away from Mahomes. And the Raiders' offense, I mean, can match up with the Chiefs. Chiefs are fourth in the NFL in explosive plays. Raiders are eighth. Chiefs are fifth in success rate. Raiders are actually third. Um, so I think they match up well offensively and can get into a shootout with them. We saw last time Raiders are number one in the NFL in third down offense. So they do all the things well that you have to do against the Chiefs. They can run the ball, keep the ball away from Mahomes, and they could extend drives on third down. And also, they have the fifth fewest uh, giveaways this year, so they're not turning the ball over a ton. And I just think John Gurdon's done a really good job with that team. He's highly criticized when he came in as a weird hire. It's a huge contract. You know, he made the Khalil Mack trade, which I think has turned out to be a win for both teams. That you know, that's not usually a popular opinion, but the Bears got their division title that first that first year. And I think the Raiders have done well with some of those picks. So I think the Raiders are well coached and they're a good team. So I don't think they're going to be afraid going up against the Chiefs. So I just think they do all the things offensively that suit well for playing against Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the Chiefs at minus seven. I also love, and I know it's the public square play, but this is a prime teaser target. Um, I just think this, Seems this seems covering the spread there, um, but so that's the Sunday night football game at the moment. Again, recording Wednesday night. Who the who the hell knows with COVID? But hopefully everything's fine. They play Sunday night and the Chiefs won't cover. So the Raider are the Raiders your pick? The Raiders are your pick. Raiders are my pick. They're not my lock okay. of the week. Um, right. right. And the game honest. a couple the game a couple weeks ago versus Carolina, which was your lock of the week. The Carolina outpossessed the Chiefs in that game, thirty-eight to twenty-one. So that's the that's the formula to beat them. Is the Chiefs defense going to turn it on like we saw last year, kind of the second half of the year? I don't know. But I'm just going off what we've seen from the Chiefs defense when they go up against yeah. these offenses, and they're, they're not that good. I I don't have a stat in front of me at the moment to back this up, but I feel like Mahomes in prime time, he's just going to play out of his mind. We'll, and we'll, we'll see. And we'll see. <laughs> uh, the other prime time game. Well, the last primetime game this week, we actually have we have three great primetime games. Finally, no NFC East teams in the mix. Uh, the Rams at the Bucks. The Bucks are a four-point home favorites. Over-unders, 48 and a half. 
Rams coming in after a very impressive win over Seattle, 23 to 16. They held Russ to no passing touchdowns. They forced two interceptions there. They have the second best overall defense in the league in both yards allowed and points, allowing 296 yards a game, 18.7 points a game. Um, they did suffer a major injury, Tyler, last week. They lost their left tackle, Andrew Whitworth, to the IR. He is a knee injury. Um, and the other side of the coin, the Bucks. last time we had them on primetime, actually the last two times we had them on primetime, both were unimpressive. The first one versus the Giants on Monday Night Football, where they snuck out a victory. Then two weeks ago versus the Saints, they got absolutely embarrassed. Last week, they beat the Panthers pretty handily, 46-23. to 23. Um, where's, your, where's your head at with this one? I, I'm definitely leaning the Bucks in this one at minus four. I just, I don't know. It's still lower. If it was six, I'm more interested on the Rams side before. I like it. I, I can let you know why, but I'll let you go first. Yeah, I mean, I think both of these defenses match up poorly for the opposing quarterbacks. They both could get pressure on, you know, the other quarterback, which throws him off. We've seen with Brady what kind of messes him up against the Bears and the Saints, what they did. I think the Rams are going to be able to do that. And also on the flip side, you mentioned Whitworth is out for the season for the Rams. That's a huge loss. And Tampa Bay's defense could get after Goff. I don't know. I kind of lean the Rams, but I could also see the Bucks blowing them out. But I look at the Bucks' offensive numbers, and they put up a lot of points last week. You know, they had the 98-yard run by Ronald Jones. That was great, but they're not super efficient. They're 23rd overall in success rate. They are 22nd in explosive plays, so they're not generating a ton. I don't know if we just have to remove the two New Orleans games, because if you remove those two games— in eight games, they're averaging 33, 34 points a game and only allowing 19. So maybe just the Saints have their number and they play well against everyone else. So I've gone back and forth. I think this Rams defense is so good and we'll keep them in any game. Like I don't see the Bucks just rolling them in this game. Um, so I don't know. I, I go back and forth. Where, where are you leaning? Yeah. Sounds like the Bucks. Yeah, I'm leaning Bucks because I think the Rams losing Whitworth is a huge loss. Playing the Bucks, who yeah, they got blown out by the Saints. They still have the top-ranked defense in terms of efficiency numbers by DVOA. I'm, I'm leaning them on prime time. I think there's also the element of the last time we saw them, they got the doors blown off them, and I think they're going to come ready to play. I think the Rams have had a really nice run here of late. I think that comes to an end, and I, I don't know. I see the Bucks winning this one by 7 to 10 points. I just think they'll be able to do what, They'll be able to do enough against this Rams defense. I think they'll be like you think about it with Brady. He's got the quick release now that AB's in the mix and he's starting to get get into it a bit. This team has a ton of weapons on the outside, so I just think they'll be able to move the ball, get get up, and then be able to basically dial up the pressure on Goff, and that's ultimately how you beat this team. Yeah. I think I'll take the Bucks as well. I think it is a close game, though. I don't think they're going to blow them out or anything, but I think Whitworth being out is just that's a devastating blow for them on the offensive line. So I'll take the Bucks. The Rams run the ball better, and I think that favors the Bucks defense, honestly. So yeah. I'll take the Bucks. I'm, I'm not thrilled about it, but I'll take them. And the Rams running back situation seems like they pop in new guys every week, but no one's that overly impressive. Like, I think... I don't know. I just don't. I, I don't see it with the Rams this week. So let's 
quickly hit on monkey knife fight pick of the week before we move to the lock segment. Tyler, monkey knife fight are good friends. Use promo code full slates for a free $5 first game and up to $50 initial deposit match. Player props, player versus house. Don't have to deal with DraftKings, FanDuel, Sharps like us coming in and stealing all your money. If your picks hit, you win money. It's great. Um, I'll start. I, again, I continue to try and target these high over-under numbers. Last week I lost, but this week I'm feeling like I'm, I'm due for a bounce back. So I'm actually going to the Thursday night game, Seattle-Arizona. I hit on this one a couple weeks back, um, and I'm going to the same three guys, I believe, actually. Uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and DeAndre Hopkins. Over two and a half touchdowns pays out two times. The over-under is 57 and a half. Again, we've seen these teams throw and throw and throw. And even though Lockett's banged up, I still think he's going to end up playing and be a prime target, obviously, for touchdowns. So that's my monkey knife fight pick of the week. Tyler? Yeah, I like that. I think it'll be high-scoring game. And Lockett tore them up last time, so I feel like this time it'll be DK tearing up uh, Arizona. So I like that pick. Um, For mine, I'm doing a touchdown dance as well. And I had to do the Saints game with Jameis, most likely starting for them. Mm. Had, had to go to our boy Jambui. Um, so I'm doing touchdown dance. I'm taking Kamara, Julio, and Calvin Ridley, who's going to be back uh, this week, uh, to score over three and a half touchdowns. Pays out four to one. And I think with Breeze being out, you know, we'll love to see Jameis out there. But I think I don't think they're just going to air it out like what the Bucks did with Jameis. It's going to be more conservative play calling so i think it's gonna be a ton of alvin kamara so i see him scoring a couple touchdowns and then calvin really had a really good year and julio is julio so that's my pick for the week so what do you think i like it i think Kamara's gonna get even more touches uh with breeze out and breaking news lamel ball just drafted by the hornets so what do you think the odds are that we actually get the mj lavar matchup yeah i mean who, who's the best I guess, basketball player related to the Hornets franchise now is a LeVar or MJ. He said he could beat MJ. <laughs> yeah, no, Never exactly. lost. That's, that, that's why I said we'll be able to get it. Um, yeah, wow. Cool. We just need Jello to get it together. Then this uh, pipe dream might actually be true. Maybe. We'll, we'll see. Get all three balls uh, playing in Charlotte together in pure irrelevancy. Yeah. But- Let's move on to our lock of the week. Um, current standings, I'm 6-3-1. You're 5-4-1. Since you won last week, um, I'll let you go. Golf, golf rules. Um, I'm going back, Tyler, to a game we previewed, which I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Um, actually, I already know your thoughts, but you kind of wavered on it. So it makes me actually even more confident in it. I love the Packers, plus one. Um, looking at this game, we already hit on a lot of it. But the Packers are top five, Tyler, offensively in terms of passing success and explosiveness. Rodgers has had an incredible year. He's still kind of hovering in that MVP mix. Uh, If they finish strong, he's got a shot if they're one of those top couple seeds out in the NFC. Um, They're number two in offensive DVOA. Look at the Colts. They're 18th, as I said. I think the Packers get up early in this one. The Colts are going to have a ton of issues just playing catch up uh Pittman had a nice game last week but they just don't have a lot of weapons on that team um at all 
Their defense, I still think, is a little bit on fraud watch for me, to be totally frank. Um, They haven't played the top quarterbacks. This is one of their first real runs at that, so we'll see. Um, And you look at, on the other side of the ball, how are the Packers going to potentially blow this? Um, I just don't think that they've been, all year long, they've been able to limit explosive plays. They're top 10 in both rushing and passing explosiveness allowed. I have a hard time saying these stats without laughing. Um, and lastly, just again, to fade Phil Rivers, he's bottom half of the league in passer rating yards per attempt. It might not be dink and dunk Derek Carr anymore. It's definitely dink and dunk Philip Rivers, as we saw last week on Thursday Night Football. They're in 28th in the league in rushing success rate, which I believe you hit on already. Um, so I like the Packers plus one. I think they looked awful last week versus the Jags. They slept walk through that game. I said earlier how they're eight and three against the spread against winning football teams. I think they come to play in this game um, and ultimately are able to put up too much, too many points uh, for this Colts team. Yeah, I love hearing you say explosiveness and success rate. I really have rubbed off on you uh, this year, but I, I mean, I like the pick. I as I said, I was going back and forth. I think if I end up betting it, I will take the Packers, just not super convicted in because of what we've seen. But I'll give you a trend that's, you know, surefire. They're 9-3 and three against the spread their last 12 versus AFC opponents, so I don't see how they don't win given that number. So I'll be uh, I'll be watching closely with you, and we'll see, we'll see what happens. It just I feel like some games the Packers just, like, don't show up. And even – I know this is versus a good team, but they've done that before too where they just don't show up. So Yeah, they I don't did know. it versus the Bucks. Yeah, I think – like I said, I think this Packers team is kind of soft, and a team like the Colts, it's – Physical on defense could give them but issues, they but they can't run. I would agree with that take, but they can't run the ball. Like I just feel, I don't know. So we'll see. Pack, I mean, Packers run defense isn't great, but we'll, we'll see. Um, so for my lock of the week, I feel disgusting about it. Um, like I said, I wanted to take. I was thinking seriously taking the Raiders, but now I'm not going to take it, considering they might not have a defense come Sunday night. And a lot of games. Are off the board. I don't even know if it's COVID-related because I think there's some injuries. Well, the Browns have a COVID thing going on. But like, I think Denver. It's because Locke is hurt. They don't know who's playing quarterback. So there's like a couple games just with like quarterbacks up in the air. Yeah, limbo. Uh, we don't know. Um, so I'm going to the biggest spread this week, and I'm taking the biggest favorite. And this is a disgusting pick. I'm taking the Steelers minus ten in Jacksonville. Mm. It's very well chronicled how Mike mm. does as a double-digit favorite on the road. I think it's one in ten <laughs> against the spread. But as we know, and Cleet Street has taught us, trends are not your friends. So I am throwing the middle finger up to that trend. Wow, just, Jesus, we're PG thirteen, Tyler. <laughs> I think the Steelers' defense is just going to be able to lock down this Jags' offense. Steelers are first in rushing and passing success rate defensively this year. They have the second most interceptions. They have the highest pressure rate and the most sacks in the league. And Jake Luton, you know, he's, he's played pretty good uh, his Lut- first two Luton. St- Luton. He's played pretty well his first two starts. I've never heard of him before he started <laughs> um, a couple weeks ago. But I think this is a different animal um, than playing against a sleepwalking Packers team in Houston. The Jags have also allowed the six most sacks in the league. So that's not a good recipe for this team. So I think he's going to make some mistakes. This is going to be kind of his rookie I think he's a rookie. It's going to be his rookie uh, welcome to the NFL <laughs> type moment. 
And also, the Jags throw the ball the second most amount of times in the league, which kind of shocked me uh, looking up the stats because they have been pretty good running the ball with James Robinson, but they have the second lowest uh, rushing play percentage. So that doesn't fit well into going up against the Steelers, who have a great you know, secondary front seven, be able to get after Luden. So I'm taking the Steelers minus 10. And Mike Tomlin made the quote this week, you know, this isn't a Mac team. We're not playing a, we're not a big 10 team playing a Mac opponent. You know, they have to be focused. So I don't know how you can make comments like that and then come into this game and sleepwalk through it. I think they're going to be jazzed up. They saw what happened with the Packers last week. They're not going to be jazzed up. They're going to be sleepwalking through this game because they play the Ravens next week. That, that is true. Have you th- have you thought about that? No, I didn't. Um, so his exact quote was, <laughs> "We are not a Big Ten team playing a MAC opponent this week." So mm-hmm. after I'll making comments like that, I'll you have to be focused. And you know they do play the Ravens, and there's potential that they could sleepwalk. But a couple points on that: one, they did that versus the Cowboys a couple weeks ago and almost lost. So I think they have that out of their system. And two. They saw what happened last week with the Jags and the Packers. Packers almost losing that game. So they have to be focused. I know the Jags aren't going to completely roll over. So I think this is a good game for them. Big Ben played well last week. Um, got touchdowns out to Deontay Johnson, Claypool, and Juju. So I think they're starting to click a little bit with the passing game. They have too many weapons for the Jags to handle. Jags have are 27th in passing explosiveness defensively, 29th in passing success rate defensively. I think there's too many weapons for the Steelers, and the Steelers uh, move to what ten and zero. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. The ten, it's it's staring you right in the face. I just feel like we've seen it year after year. The Steelers on the road as a big favorite, they just like they're they're go- they're going to sleep walk through this game. They could play seventy five percent of their bets and still cover, but I would just be nervous about. It's a sandwich game. It, it could be, but I th- like I said, I think they already had this game versus the Cowboys a couple weeks ago, and you have to think the coaching staff is drilling that into their head. And last week, the Jags, they had a punt return touchdown, and also the Packers fumbled in their own area that the Jags picked up and then ended up scoring from, I think it was like a 15-yard drive after that. So the Steelers could limit the mistakes and not set up the Jack to shore field to make them actually drive the field against their defense and not make those special teams gaffes. I don't think they have an issue with this team. Like you said, the Steelers, they've done this so many times before. So a couple of years ago, I remember they played Jacksonville. In Jacksonville, similar game. They're big favorites and almost lost. So yeah. I have to think I have they're... to think Mike Tomlin and the boys are getting them <laughs> focused for this game. So I'm taking the Steelers minus 10. It's a disgusting pick, but I just had to do it. It's not that disgusting because it's ultimately a 10-point favor, but it's disgusting because the Steelers are 1-3-1 against the spread the the last five times these teams have played. They had the crazy game a couple years ago in the playoffs. So, we'll see. I mean, it's not those Jags, but um, here's a nice trend for you, Tyler. Road teams in these matchups are 5-0-1 against the spread the last six meetings, so congratulations. Yeah, I don't know how you could go against that trend, but I think that's all we got. Uh, for this week of the or of the Pick'em Pod, and we'll be back on Sunday with the Sunday Scaries. Uh-huh.